You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. okay. Welcome to We're in Suspense, the podcast where we wear suspenders and talk about suspense movies. Today, it's Black Suspenders with White Polka Dots and Silence of the Lambs. I'm Michael. I'm regretting this. <laughs> so, Silence of the Lambs. I didn't, I gotta be honest, I didn't watch it. Ever? It's been probably a decade and a half to two decades since I've seen it. I've watched it within the past week. Okay, clearly you're more prepared for this made-up podcast than I am. <laughs> what did you think? It's a really good movie. Alright, what about episode two of it? <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the sequel? Oh, there is a sequel, isn't there? I know, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I remember seeing That was Hannibal. Yeah. And then there was another sequel prequel. Red Dragon? Red Dragon. I think that was a prequel. Or was that a sequel? I don't know. Fuck, I know. But yeah. It all went bad. Yeah. Anyway. Time for our podcast within a podcast. <laughs> Intro to this one. Yes. So okay. the podcast within this podcast. like So this Suspenders podcast is 100% for real. It's this other podcast that we're about to talk about that's way more fleshed out, and I'm actually prepared for it. That's totally made up. <laughs> How can we have real talk about the title of that podcast that you just came up with? Okay. It's a pretty good title. We're uh, in suspense. We're in I, I think that there is a different turn of phrase that would be more appropriate, because we're in suspense Okay, isn't a phrase. Like, it's like, what is it? It's like watching like waiting in suspense waiting in suspense i I don't know there, there's like a legitimate phrase that like has suspense in it that i'm not like a turn phrase that i'm not google it so that you can quickly buy the the uh domain yeah it's, it's keep me don't keep me in suspense right oh yeah oh okay yeah don't keep me in suspense welcome to we're being kept in suspense where we keep wearing suspenders. Some, some of us. <laughs> uh, that's also a good concept for a podcast. Yeah, I mean, when this one flames out, I'm, I'm game. All right. Um, also, let's talk about how much I love suspenders. Okay. Because you and I joke wore suspenders to work today. Yeah. For twin day. It started out as a joke. For some of us, it became a new way of life. <laughs> well, that's what I'm getting at. I know. Because I am loving suspenders. They keep my pants up and they keep my shirt tucked in. Two problems. Two problems that I have wearing belts solved by suspenders. Two problems of the modern man. Yeah. Solved by one simple device. Exactly. How do I get this boat off? You don't. It's stuck on forever. How'd you get yours off? I got Kathy to help me. My, it kept getting stuck. It was getting, like, there's a little hook on the end to keep it, like, snug, and it got caught on a bunch of the threads. Oh, shit, dude. It's stuck on forever. I thought about cutting mine. If I could have found a pair of scissors before Kathy happened to come up, I absolutely would have just cut it off. What if you want to wear it again? I will never want to wear this bow tie again. What's up, dumb tums? I'm podcasting it up with this... Fat, lazy, worthless slob, and I'm the biggest sack of shit of them all. Is Eric bad at improv? Yes, and this is episode one. This week, we talked about I Think You Should Leave. 
I'm Michael. <laughs> I'm Eric. <laughs> How was that? I, I think I like the other podcast better. Let's just switch back to that <laughs> oh, one. <shit. laughs> All right. Episode one. Yep. Susu streaming show. Watch the first episode. We watched the comedy sketch show, I Think You Should Leave, starring... Tim Robinson. Yes. What'd you think? I really liked it. <laughs> Me too. At least partially because it was only 17 minutes. Uh-huh. This is uh, a very... I don't even want to call it a first word problem. It's not even a real problem because, like, there's literally nothing stopping me from not watching shows. But you and I talk very frequently about how when we're about to watch a show for this podcast, ah, shit, this one's 40 minutes long. Like, I don't know if I can stomach this. This one's an hour long. This one was 17 minutes long and it was perfect. And it was funny. It was very fucking funny. A lot of the humor was, I've got a weird idea and I'm going to say it in a weird voice. I had read this described as the title of the show is basically the unsaid statement at the end of every one of these sketches, which is like every one of these sketches goes off the rails and you want somebody to say, I I think I should leave. (laughs) And I felt like that's pretty apt, like every one of those sketches. And yes, it's, it always devolved into kind of a weird voice. It frequently devolved into talking about mud, like mud pies, (laughs) making mud pies. Which is not a phrase for pooping that I've ever heard before. Have you? Um, no. I haven't. The closest I can get is cow pie. Which is, like, literally poop, I guess, but, like... Yeah, and it's muddy, too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what a mud pie is, is, like, cow poop. But, like, I've never heard describing my own poop as, like, I'm off to make mud pies. Nor have I heard it said so many times in the space of, like, a five-minute sketch. You wrote down all the sketches, right? Yep. yep. Okay. I did not, but the the first one I have is the guy is interviewing with the head of Netflix, right? Was he? This is what I got. This is actual Tim Robinson. Oh, it struck me it's just, like, a job interview. Like, just a rando job interview. Oh, I thought, I thought it was meta. Maybe. Either way, like... It was a job interview. Uh-huh. It was a little awkward. I don't remember anything particularly funny until the whole premise of this sketch, which is that he tries to walk out of the interview, like, after it's done, and he pulls when he was supposed to push the door. The interviewer says, oh, that's, you, you've got to, you've got to push that door. And Tim asserts, no, it goes both ways. <laughs> and he just keeps pulling. <laughs> For a really long time. Until he breaks the door. And as I describe this, this sounds dumb as shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, I it don't, is dumb as shit. I don't know that I described, like, I watched this myself, because Kathy was, I don't even know what she was doing, but I laughed a lot. I don't know that I described this, but I know for a fact that if I described that sketch to Kathy, she'd go, that sounds dumb, that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like. <laughs> right. And she was right. Yeah. What was the second one? The second one was The Attorney. The second one was the uh, attorney at law advertisement where he's like, hi, I'm, what's he say? My name is Mitch Bryant and I'm an attorney at law. Have you ever had this happen to you? And it starts off like the pretty general, like, have you ever had someone take a contractor take advantage of you and all that sort of stuff. But then it gets more and more specific. Have you ever had a contractor come in and like laugh at you for your lack of tools and then take a dump in a toilet? But then no, when they were put, make mud make pies, mud pies in the to- did he say mud pies at that point? I a hundred percent sure he said mud pies. I don't think he did because I think I would have. Maybe he did say mud pies at yeah. that point in time. 
Because there were there were two sketches where he said mud pies. Yeah. And that must have been the other one. Yeah. And then it just goes off the rails where he's talking about how these two, like, exterminators... It was exterminators. It wasn't even, like... They, was it exterminators or plumbers? It was exterminators. They weren't okay. there to fix the toilet. They were there to exterminate. They went to the bathroom because they weren't feeling well. <laughs> they took a, a, a big old dump in his toilet while making a lot of weird groaning noises. <laughs> Yeah, and then they replaced his toilet by one that's much smaller than his actual toilet. Or not even a much smaller toilet. Just the hole for the poop is much smaller. Yes. But please, mud pies. I'm, not, I'm never going to say mud pies. I'm never going to remember to say mud pies. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I wrote this down, but I remember him shouting this at one point in time where he talked about one of them taking a dump and just shouting, it's turbo time. No, they were running around the house. He's like, it's turbo time. Turbo time. And when I go to join them, they say, no, you stop it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a, a weird one. That one was a pretty short one, like a little interstitial sort of thing. But that one was fucking weird. Like, Which sketch was next? Harley Jarvis? Harley Jarvis. The baby Harley Jarvis? Yes. Yes, it was baby the of the year. Fucking terrible yeah. baby. <laughs> that one made me laugh so fucking much. <laughs> I just wrote down, like, I wrote down a bunch of stuff. I don't know what any of this means other than fuck you, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> Dr. Skull Pediatrician. This this episode's going to be terrible. This episode of this podcast is going to be terrible. It's just going to be me saying, like, us saying random shit and then laughing about it for, like, a minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, Baby of the Year was a pageant where... A baby pageant. Where somebody wins baby. It wasn't even like cutest baby. It was just baby of the year. And there were a bunch of babies. And then there was one that everybody for some reason fucking hated called Harley Jarvis. Harley Jarvis. Harley Jarvis. Harley Jarvis. And they just keep yelling. And just yelling, fuck you, Harley Jarvis. And then for some reason, I don't remember why the pediatrician came out, but I found it really fucking funny that (laughs) Dr. Skull was the name of the pediatrician. We watched this like three weeks ago because we haven't recorded because of my car troubles and shit. Yeah. I feel like maybe I would have been better served by watching this more recently. You want to watch it right now? I mean, we can, yeah. So we watched it. We just watched it again, yes. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about Baby of the Year. Yeah. Or do you want to start from the beginning again? No, I just like, it's really weird. That was my, the Baby of the Year was my favorite sketch. Okay. Like, absolutely. I think just everything about and how that deli- was delivered was absolutely insane. Made no sense whatsoever, and yeah, struck me as very funny throughout the entire thing. The mud pie one at the end, which is probably my second favorite, just based on how absurd it gets, has its lull. Like, it takes its time to like really build to the insanity. But yeah, my favorite was the Instagrams. Makes sense. Seems like you texted me the other day. You texted me that. So I don't know that that joke. So the Instagram one. It's three women out for brunch, mm-hmm. and two women are Instagramming, and they take a picture with everyone, and they start, like, jokingly insulting each other, like, I'm out with these two dum-dums, and I'm the dumbest one of all. Hashtag brunch or something stupid like that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't even say, I'm the biggest dum-dum of them all. It's just, like, having brunch with these two dum-dums, and the other one writes, like, Sunday fun day with these idiots. That those are the posts. Oh, so you remember this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it's uh, Vanessa Bayer from SNL. That's the the third woman who just can't seem to get the cadence of that particular type of post, and just ends up saying some awful, awful shit about her friends. Yeah. And how they're sacks of shit, and how they are sacks of shit. She's the biggest sack of shit of them all. 
and how they should just be buried in the wet, wet ground, in the wet, wet mud. <laughs> yeah. No coffin, please. Yes. You caught me sleeping. <laughs> the ring catch you sleeping. Yeah, no, you texted me, uh, like, a week ago, saying brunch it up with this dum-dum, and I'm the biggest sack of shit of them all. But there was no picture, so, like, I was just like, what, like, what are you, was this intentional? Like, and we hadn't talked, we intentionally had not talked about this show at all, so... Yeah. It had been, even then, it was like a week or two since we had watched it. Yeah, the skits was been on my mind. Clearly. <laughs> and, I, and I was out to brunch. Yeah, I mean, I also figured that. I also, honestly, for like just a second, I not even just a second, for a good couple minutes until you responded, I was fairly certain that Shay had texted me saying that I'm out to do brunch with this second shit. <laughs> Very weird show. Yes. I don't know how we write episode two. I don't know how we keep in, like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to have sketch. Go ahead. Episode two. Yep. Sketch one. <laughs> We've already established very early on in this episode and in many episodes prior, I'm not good at improv, so, like... We're writing a sketch. We're not doing improv. I know they're two different things, but, like, I feel like it's similar skills. We'll, we'll give it a shot. Okay. Sketch one. Scene. Bunch of magicians are making potions. Okay. okay. And like the head wizard of like all the wizards is there. Yep. And he keeps insisting that they add cinnamon to their potions. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So hey, meanwhile, like you've been editing our our podcast. Are we keeping that one in? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is me just like. In fits of laughter, trying to choke out the idea of the cinnamon wizard. Absolutely <laughs> absurd idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's a, it was it was a joke before its time. It truly belonged on this show, right? So Tim Robinson plays the cinnamon wizard, mm-hmm. and they're making it. There's like Hermione or whoever, and she's like making her potion, and yeah. he keeps like uh, telling her she should put cinnamon in the potion, mm-hmm. and um, like using his power to make her do it. And put this in, then it ruins the potion, and then she like uh, turns into a cat or something. Yep. All right. Sketch two. Um, uh, mechanic in a car dealership. Mister Miyagi. Soul. No, no, no. We, we've only done like fifteen episodes. We can't already be doing a best of. <laughs> we can't. Sketch two. I guess it's your turn. Yeah. Uh. So, Mr. Miyagi yep. <laughs> owns a car dealership. Okay. Called Wax On, Wax Off. Uh-huh. And, no, no. He, <laughs> he, okay, so he owns a car dealership named Wax On, Wax Off. That dude that was the head of Cobra Kai mm-hmm. owns a maid service called Sweep the Rug. And <laughs> that's all I got. It wasn't even that funny. Well, no, it's okay. Because, you know, the show taught me one thing. What's that? You just have him do a funny voice, and then it's funny. Like and, the say, and, say, and say mud pie a couple times. Yeah. And then, like, the, sketch over. Yeah, the cinnamon wizard will, like, have a funny voice. What would that funny voice sound like? Be like, oh, hello, I'm the cinnamon wizard. <laughs> Maybe you should put some cinnamon in there. I'm actually deathly allergic to cinnamon. <laughs> Please keep it away from me. 
Would you keep watching this show? If Kathy is not at home when I get home tonight, I will be watching the next episode immediately. If she is, I'll probably still watch it, but she'll fucking hate it, and then I'll probably never... Uh, I'll only watch it when she's, like, out or busy doing something else. Yeah, as soon as you leave, I'm going to watch the second episode. Yeah. yeah. You just want to watch the second episode? I mean, we could, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was... Our episode of I Think You Should Leave, then. Yep. Did we have more to say? I don't think so. I, I yeah. don't. Like, it was only a 17-minute, like, episode. I don't really have a ton to say about it. It's very funny. If you like very absurd humor, mm-hmm. you should probably watch. If you enjoyed bits such as Cinnamon Wizard, you should probably watch this show. Yeah. And even if you didn't, why are you still listening to this podcast? Yeah. Ooh, dude. Cinnamon Wizard's going to be a thing on this show. Hashtag cinnamon wizard. Hashtag cinnamon wizard. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to leave you in suspense, but... <laughs> Alright. I'll shut this off. Okay. Oh, wait. We gotta do an outro. Yeah, I know. That's why I was trying to, like, discreetly pull up, like, our Twitter shit, and... But you know what? Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. With a vision, I'm a boy with a brew. Overlook the parking lots, I got a room with a view. I'm a single white fella, unlisted, classified, charismatic, maybe macho. I ain't ever satisfied. I'm an educated fool, got some savoir faire. You might think I'm cool, but then I don't care, cause I'm a high. Welcome to episode one, the podcast where we talk about the first episode of a web series. Michael, I am. Eric, am I? And this week, we're talking about Green Eggs and Ham on Netflix. What'd you think? Um, I liked it. You did? Yes, I did. Um, for what it was, I guess. It's, it's a kid's show. It's an animated show done in the style of Green Eggs and Ham as far as like that animation sort of hand drawn. I'm sure most of it's not hand drawn. Hand drawn. Did I say ham? I've been saying ham drawn for a little while now. Green ham drawn. Yeah, green ham drawn. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I found it uh, I found it charming in its own way. I don't know if I'll watch more of it, but it'd be like this sort of show that if I had some of my younger nieces over and we didn't know what, they didn't know what they wanted to watch, I'd suggest that because it's. I know I'll get at least a little something out of it. Yeah, I agree. I thought that it was good. Yeah. Uh, this is the third show that's been made for children that we've done so far on this podcast. This one, Boss Baby. Malibu Rescue. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Uh. And this is the first one that's actually was pretty good for what it was. Like, I'm not going to be watching it, m- more of it, but but I agree about the animation style. It reminded me of like the old school animated shows that I watched when I was a kid. I could have done without the... The narration. Really? I enjoyed the narration. I don't know. I didn't like, like the rhyming. How intimidating do you think it is to have to write that in the shadow of Dr. Seuss? 
Just like having to try to pretend to be Dr. Seuss. I feel like not very, because I don't know that they were trying all that hard. It, I think if they were trying to do a whole narrative that was written that way, where it's like you're rhyming this whole long story, it would be one thing. But like it was just little snippets here and there. Yeah. Um, Explaining somebody walking down the street or, you know. Yeah. Whatever it was. But I enjoyed it. Did you notice the cast of this? Yeah. I noticed the cast, at least a portion of the cast, when uh, I was opening up the show on Netflix because I saw Michael Douglas mm-hmm. and I thought, what the fuck? Um, Adam Devine, Devine, I don't know. And I thought, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and Eddie Izzard were the three that popped up. And I was like, okay, I can get behind this. But then, yes, the narrator was Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently Diane Keaton's in this as well. Yep, I wrote down Diane fucking Keaton is in this. Um, I had written down others because I looked this up on IMDb and I didn't, I was like listening for certain people. Uh, David Diggs apparently is in this as well. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't recall having heard him. Yeah, I liked the intro of it. Uh, like the animation was cool where they're like slicing the pieces of ham and... The theme song was done by, if if not Weezer, at least Rivers Cuomo. Like it was... This whole thing feels like it's written for, written and acted for our imaginary kids. Right. Like it's written for people who have kids that are our age. Yeah. The parents are our age. Yeah. Because there's just a lot of references I got and a lot of people I recognized. I liked the narrator when he would like break out of the rhyming and be like, whoa, what's going on? That's a ninja. This is supposed to be a Dr. Seuss show. Yep. I thought, no, I, I might have found, I don't feel like they overdid the narration. It was only a couple times that he was doing the rhyming thing because most of the time it seemed like he was doing something like that between that or the the breaking of the fourth wall with um, the narrator muter like remote that that person had where oh, like yeah. it, you know, shut him down. Um, but I feel like even that wasn't rhyming. I think the ninja thing was even in rhyming too. It was just describing something in a, a little less, I don't know. Felt, it felt less scripted Yeah, in those moments. Do you want to tell us what the plot of the episode was? I'm not sure what is going on with the show in general. And what it has to do with green eggs and ham, except they ate some in a diner. Yeah, and he and, and Sam I am tried a little bit to get him to eat eggs, green eggs and ham, and that, that scene I found pretty funny. So, Guy I am, or Guy am I, who was played by Michael Douglas is an inventor of some kind and he's going to present his invention to some company or another that is run by Eddie Izzard's character Snurs or something. Yeah. It's a little shark tanky. Yes. A little bit shark tanky. Um, I mean, there's, there's another plot where like somebody who I still, I mean, we know now, I guess is Sam. I am stole. What was it called? It's uh, Chikarath. Chikarath, which is apparently really deadly and can, like, steal your soul or something. Um, I think that, I don't, okay. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, it's that was, it was, I mean, that was what they were saying during the scene where, oh god, the Chikarath has escaped. So there's two things going concurrently. It's it's him trying to be an inventor and get to go to meet Snurs, presenting his invention and failing miserably. And then also Sam I am being a ninja and stealing this chikaraf 
And then, oops, they run into each other and switch briefcases. And that's the end of the episode. I don't, I don't know. I think if you're coming to us for an analysis, a deep dive analysis of a kid's show like this, you're going to be disappointed. Oh, of, the ep- of the episode. Oh, yeah. I wasn't asking you to analyze it. I just wanted, like, a basic plot rundown. Yeah, no, and I'm giving it, and I'm just saying, like, the, the, and that's it. There's not much more to, like, be said about the plot. Yeah. Well, no, there's a little bit, bit more. There's the little girl. Yes. E.B.? E.B. E.B. Yeah. E. I know there was a B in it. But. Yeah. And her mother's very overprotective. She's one of the bean counters at the company. Yep. That reminds me, when she comes home, she said a line that I liked, which was... There's the bean that counts most of all. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. That was sweet. <laughs> but she's overprotective and the daughter just wants like a pet or to ride a bicycle, but her mom won't even let her do that. Her mom won't even let her experience whimsy. Mm-hmm. My mom would know. She checks my eyebrows for windblownness or my general disposition for any traces of exhilaration or whimsy. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Oh, yeah, and then she said, this whole interaction's already been too whimsilerating. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she's she wants to catch, E.B. wants to catch the chickaraff. Because she thinks pet. it'll make a pet. Yep, a good pet. Why she thinks that it'll make a good pet? She kind of just wants any animal. She was trying to catch a, some sort of, what was it, a panda? Panda dog? Panda dog or something. Yeah. With a... It seemed like her only bait was bamboo filled with cheese. Yeah. Which I guess is effective, but like that makes sense for the panda to some degree, but she's apparently trying to use that for the chickaraff as well. I kind of right. think all she has to eat in the house is bamboo and cheese. And she goes, but I don't, she goes from, no, I can't come outside and ride that bike. My mom will know and get mad to, I am catching this chickaraff. Yeah, yeah, that that scene seemed a little, like, the scene where she's explaining why she can't come out and ride a bike and be whimsical and have fun seemed a little, like, exposition-y, and it was still funny, but, like, it was just a little exposition-y, because then, yes, it didn't exactly make sense with her grand scheme to capture this chick and make it her pet. Right, but Sam I Am is a bad guy, I guess. I guess? Or a criminal? Maybe he's just trying to break, like, maybe he's just trying to break out the chick He's because he doesn't like it in captivity. Maybe he's like an eco terrorist. Except for he says he has to deliver it to the big guy, which is implied to be Snurs. Does he? There, there were two bad guys that were chasing him down that yeah, said no. that they were reporting to the big guy. No, at the end. So at the end, he uh, exits the diner, and then there's the police, and then he dives into the alley and he puts on his ninja kind of costume. For some reason, instead of just, like, walking down the street past the cops and being like, evening officer, he decides yeah. to, like, do all this shadow, shadowy shit. Yeah, because he's a ninja. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's when he says, like, oh, I gotta get this delivered to the big guy, implying snurse. I suspect that we're gonna find that there are two different big guys, because it doesn't make any sense that he would be stealing the Chikraf for snurs. But then also those two people that are chasing him down, because there were two other people that made some comment about being bad guys, they also said that they were reporting the big guy. And the very next scene was us meeting Snurs, so I think that was even more of a, like, they're working for Snurs, I don't know. They're meeting with Snurs, and I don't know who Sam I Am is meeting with. It's implied that it's Snurs. I didn't get that. That's what I'm saying. I didn't get that impression. Really? Yeah. When it's uh, established that the big guy is Snurs... 
I didn't get the impression that like it didn't make any the big guy being named as Snurs. I felt like the the two bad guys called him out more or less as their boss before Sam I am ever did, and I don't think it makes any amount of plot sense to have them both like them chasing him down for the exact same prize. But it, even if it is, I don't know that they'll put Sam I am as the the a bad guy in this, I think it'll be more like if he, even if he is working for Snurs, he'll be doing it because he thinks that something nice is going to happen to this thing. And then it turns out it's not, and then he's going to be countering. Also, Sam, I am's pretty overbearing. Oh yeah. Nobody likes him. Yeah. That scene was sad. Yeah. Okay. How into Dr. Seuss were you as a kid? Not very. Really? What books did you like? I'm sure I had green eggs and ham. I mean, books overall, not just Dr. Seuss. I don't know. I like. I feel like the age at which Doctor Seuss is appropriate is also the age at which I have no memories. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember being four years old and like the books that I like to read. Then I read a lot of books apparently as a kid. I remember one of my favorites was The Cookie Monster and the Cookie Tree. Okay. And another one was uh, Sam and the Firefly, where the firefly can write stuff in the sky, and like uh- alters billboards and stuff. I feel like I the only book I can remember from being a, a kid, and it's only because it freaked me out so much, was it was a Sesame Street book that also came with a tape that would read along with it or whatever. And if you let the tape go past the story being completed... Hidden track. Sort of. Grover or whomever was reading this book would come on and, and be like, why are you still listening? Like, stop listening. There's nothing here. But then he'd get really mad about it, and it freaked me out as a kid. Like, This is what I'm saying about Green Eggs and Ham. He doesn't want the Green Eggs and Ham. Just leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Am I right? What was the lesson of that book? Trying new things will sometimes yield great flavor. What a bad lesson. Uh, I don't know that it's a bad lesson. Like, I think... You're, you as the reader are supposed to identify more with, I don't know if he was named Guy in the book, but Guy am I in, in the, the show, basically the guy that didn't want to eat great eggs of him. I think you're supposed to identify with him and then learn, oh shit, I just didn't like something because of the way it looked or the way that sounded. And it turns out it was really awesome. I should be more open to new experiences. But the whole book is being like, it's all about this really, like, I, I think you're supposed to hate Sam. I am. He's a fucking asshole who won't let up. Yeah. He's the worst. And he steals chickarafts, which are very dangerous. And then he puts them in your house with you. Does he? <laughs> That's what happens in this episode. Yeah, but he didn't put, like, that wasn't, like, a, the choice that he made. It was an accident. They accidentally swip, swapped briefcases. If, the contents of your briefcase are so important, you should keep better track of it. Otherwise, John Travolta and Sam Jackson are going to come to your apartment and eat your hamburger. Yep. And then shoot you. I accidentally shoot Marv in the face. Yeah. Is it Marv? It was something. It was Phil Lamar. I don't know who, what his yeah. name was. Yeah. Oh, that'd be... A- uh, funny. Do you think they're going to make a Pulp Fiction joke in this? Probably. I feel like there's going to be a lot of those. Like, and you'll know it's about to come because he'll open up the briefcase and it'll be glowing, like, lit from within. Yeah. Oh, 
there's a funny joke that I liked when they were uh, trying to get information out of the zoo guard and they were holding him over the slapping turtle pit and threatening to drop him in. He was saying like, I don't know anything. And then one of them goes, he's lying. And then the other one says, no, he's not. His pants aren't on fire. Those are just scaredy pants. That, that was the dumbest joke you could have enjoyed. <laughs> I feel like there was some, like there was, oh God, what was it later? Who was it? It was the girl, Eby or whatever, that was like looking outside or somebody was looking outside and they closed the curtains because they were like, they didn't want to look outside and see everybody having fun anymore or whatever. And they closed the curtains and then you just hear from outside saying, you can still hear us. Those are just curtains. Yeah, that was when Guy was went home and he was sad because he didn't his invention. Didn't oh, that's there. right. And the people that had one there with their inventions or whatever were out there like celebrating. Yeah, and the headline in the newspaper was like every inventor but one gets picked to go to wherever. Which is just categorically not true. Like I think they only gave out a couple of those those tickets. Yeah. Newspapers, man. Fake news. The, when he uh, had given up his hope of being an inventor and he was looking in the want ads and he like circled the elbow greaser job. Was it elbow greaser? That was uh, paint, paint watcher. watcher. Yeah. Paint watchers, no schools, no skills needed. If you failed at all else in your life, this job is for you. <laughs> but there was another one that was off to the side, which was elbow greaser. And I yeah. like paused that and wrote that down because I found it funny too. A person can get anything done with a little elbow grease and someone's got to put that grease on the other person's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> that someone could be you. No elbow allergy or no grease allergies. Um, I'm not going to say I told you so because I've written it down and then they just hold the sign saying I told you so. I don't know. There were there were a lot of like little things that I found very funny. Yeah. Uh, when his flying invention. So he his guy I guy am I's invention was like a self-flying machine. So it's a backpack that you put on. And it's a bunch of arms with uh, hands, They're just like human hands on the end of them. And you press it and they start flapping so that you can fly. And he says, it's 100% safe. It's not going to explode. And then it eventually does explode. And he crashes to the ground and there's just two hands left over, just like uh, sarcastically slow clapping him. But the, it was a slow reveal because you hear a slow clapping. You're expecting one of the other people watching to do one slow clapping, but then it pans down and realize it's the hands from the machine that had blown up <laughs> yeah. and then they blow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, uh, he goes to the diner and he orders dry oat mush in a spoon and they t- <laughs> It's called a sad man's special. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to write episode two? Okay. So the episode ends. This is what happens. Sam I am meets Guy am I in the diner. He goes, hey, look, our briefcases are exactly the same. We're briefcase buddies. And then Guy am I is like, leave me alone. And so Sam I am picks up his briefcase and walks back to his seat. And then at the end of the night, ducks into the alleyway and turns back into a ninja and is like, I gotta deliver this to the big guy, who's quite obviously Snurs. Okay. And then it cuts to Guy Am I in his apartment, and it turns out that he, they accidentally switched briefcases and he has the chikaraf in his apartment. And the cliffhanger is just the silhouette of the chikaraf rising up and towering over a guy am I and then it goes to credits so I almost 
watch the second episode to see what happened, but I didn't. The cliffhanger really got gotcha. you. The cliffhanger got me. Have you been thinking about it all day and just trying to fit, like, figure out what happens next? Yeah, I have. All right, what, what have you come up with? It's going to cut back and it's going to turn out that Chikaraf's really friendly. It'll be really cute and friendly. And yeah. So why why then do you think that it was locked up if it's really friendly? It's like, misunderstood. It's a lesson about, like, misunderstanding That people. would be a very Seussian yeah. message. But then ultimately there'll be a lesson where it turns out it wasn't misunderstood. It really is a vicious killer. Oh, but only if it needs to be. So, like, when the bad guys come. So, the bad guys that go to the zoo, they track the chikaref to guy am eyes, and they try to come and intimidate him, but the chikaref gets real mean and, like, steals their soul. Yeah. And steals their soul. Yeah. that The guy that worked, he was a zookeeper, and he said... He was a zookeeper, and he said that that thing steals your soul with a glance, and I have no reason to distrust a zookeeper. Every zookeeper you've known has been 100% trustworthy? Uh, every, every single zookeeper I've ever known, it's part of the zookeeper oath, thou shall not lie. Uh-huh. And also... <laughs> thou shalt be, honor thy mother and father. Be, be nice to animals and stuff. Also, don't throw poop back at the monkeys. <laughs> it's the Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> so stupid. Want to do our wrap up? <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you for listening to the Episode 1 Podcast. Um, you can check out our website at episode1podcast.com or check out our – or follow us on Twitter at podcast podcast episode 1. And that's the numeral 1. Or you can check out our Episode 1 Podcast Facebook group. Um, you can use any of those to get in contact with us. Make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast group of choice. And help us become certified reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes by leaving a review on iTunes. Not just stars. We need a proper review, I think. So, see, subscribe, podcast, make sure to leave a review. Last but not least, big thanks to Boz D for the use of our theme song, Who's the Cowboy, off the album Get Smart and Run Faster. Thanks for listening. See you next week.